You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Draft lottery is in our rearview mirror. We know the order, including the Sacramento Kings at number four, and we're going to go over who might be available at number four and the direction that they and the top five teams will go. Our guest coming up in just a moment, but first, I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years, whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works has a fix for you. They are a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. That's N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. My guest is a guy that I absolutely love talking around NBA draft time. I think he is as good and as knowledgeable as I talk to each and every year. He has his own podcast, the Aaron Torres Podcast, Fox Sports Radio. It's always great to catch up with Aaron Torres. How are you, Aaron? Grant, I'll tell you, um, I, I, you know, you brought me on for years uh, back in Sacramento. I'm like the Sacramento Kings uh, draft guru. I got like three <laughs> requests today. Uh, one, I always prioritize Grant Napier. Two, it's kind of sad because the Kings are always picking somewhere in the top five to ten. Yep. Uh, but it's just funny, you know. That I know, I know, NBA lot or NBA draft season is near when the uh, when the Sacramento area coach starts showing up on my phone. <laughs> Can you believe that last night was their 27th time in the NBA lottery? Think about that, 27th wow. time. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Not not a record it you is- want to be proud of. That's for damn sure. No, and I don't know how long you were with the organization, but like it doesn't. It, I know it is, but yep. it doesn't feel like that long ago that it was the Mike Bibby, Peja, <laughs> Chris Weber. Now I know Peja's son is coming up here in a few yeah. years, but yeah, yeah it, you know it's it's just funny to think one how quickly sports can change, and and really that nothing's guaranteed because I mean I think you know obviously no Sacramento Kings fan wants to hear this, but um, you know obviously could have never imagined this level of futility for as long. But oh, this boy. is the year. This is the year. We get the guy that's changing everything. Yeah, so. 32 years to answer your question. Uh, actually, when Ralph Lawler retired as the voice of the Clippers a couple of years ago, I think I vaulted into the top spot as leading the league in losses. So there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, I know. Hey, mm. every year we try to, you know, characterize the draft. Is it strong? Is it weak? Put your stamp on this draft. How would you rate it? 
Um, you know, I think good. I, I'm not sold that. Um, it, it seems to be everyone's coverage is that it's this definitive top three, and then there's a drop off, and then you kind of piece things together from there. I'm not really sold, and and but I'm also not sold that there's a guy that you know five, you know, like John Morant is in what year three. And I mean, he's doing the things that he's doing. Um, you know, Luca's in year four, year five. I don't know that there's any of those guys, but I also don't think it's just three guys that are cut above everybody else. I mean, the Jaden Ivy, uh, talk is starting to increase. I think he's really boomer bust. He has a chance to be really good if he's locked in. I think Johnny Davis from Wisconsin is going to be very productive. I think Ben Matherin from Arizona is going to be very productive. Keegan Murray, et cetera. So, um, it's an interesting draft. I, like I said, I don't, I don't really know that there's that superstar guy that I, I'd be thrilled if I'm the Orlando Magic picking at number one overall, but I think, you know, to be in the position where the Kings are a little bit further down uh, might end up being advantageous. What I think is very interesting about this draft, we may look back in five years and we may say that Chet Holmgren is the best player in this draft, but the reality is to me, a lot of these teams that we're talking about, such as Orlando, such as Sacramento, they, they can't take a guy like this. I mean, it's going to take a couple of years. I mean, the guy's, what, 190, 195. So you got to be realistic about this. So with that being said, you know, of these teams in the top five, who do you think could be a fit for him? Yeah, it's really interesting because I said the exact same thing about Orlando is, you know, I, I looked up some of the stats and we were kind of joking about the, the King struggles, but the, the Magic haven't won a playoff series since 2010. So let's not undersell how futile they've been. And that was kind of my big thing when I saw the, 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 the ping pong balls drop the way that they are. Um, you know, I, I don't think Orlando can sell their fan base and whatever's left of it, uh, you know, on another long-term project. So, um, you know, with, uh, the question was what, what would make sense for Chet? I think that was the question, right, Grant? Yeah, right. I mean, what team, yeah. what team do you think can wait? In other words, you're talking about yeah. a guy that's probably, I think he's a minimum of three years away, Aaron. That's just my opinion. So of the teams that, let's say, are one through five, because he's clearly going to go in the top five. I can't imagine him not. Houston, maybe? You think Houston might be in the best position? That was the one that immediately jumped to mind. And and it's interesting because, and I'll ask you, because I know you're so plugged in in the NBA, um, like where are we at with the Oklahoma City Thunder rebuild? Because I think there's this notion that, you know, Sam Presti's this genius and he built an NBA finals team and, you know, he had all this great success with Harden and Westbrook and we know the history there and Durant, obviously. But like, you know, we're now in year three. Chris Paul kind of stunted the, the, the rebuild a little bit. They made the playoffs in the bubble. Like, is this a team? Like, and I'm going to ask you, I mean, first of all, last year, I think they they fell out of the lottery. The ping pong balls bounced another direction where they weren't in position to take that elite guy. Now they get to number two. And I just feel like at a certain point, I understand the concept of a rebuild, but you got to start winning. By the way, the day that Paul George was traded, I remember vividly, it was my wedding night. Oh, wow. And everybody was, uh, everybody was huddled around a phone in the middle of the dance floor trying to figure out what happened with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I just bring it up to say, that was July of 2019 when yep. that uh, uh, when that rebuild began in OKC, and I'm kind of curious, like, like how much longer can, can Sam Presti keep selling draft picks, be patient, all that stuff? I don't think much longer. And you make a great point. As a matter of fact, here's something for you: of the four teams that are left in the NBA playoffs playing in their respective conference championships, do you know that the four teams there's not a first or second overall pick on any of the rosters? 
You know, we make so much about the draft, number one, number two. But again, the best four teams that are left in the NBA right now don't have a player that was taken either first or second in the draft. And so, you know, and listen, you and I have talked about this. I remember the De'Aaron Fox draft, and we thought that was going to be an unbelievably strong draft. You know, Markel Fultz, you know, we know what happened there. Lonzo Ball, no longer with the Lakers, took him a while to develop. Yeah, the Celtics hit an absolute grand slam home run with Jason Tatum, and they got a first-round pick. Uh, Absolute bust, okay, for the Phoenix Suns at number four. You know, a huge bust in Josh Jackson, right? And then at number five, Fox, who's good, but he's not very good to great. He's good, but he's still an inconsistent shooter. He still can't shoot free throws. He's at 71%. He's not a good three-point shooter, but I remember talking to you vividly several times leading up to that draft, and we all thought, oh, wow, what a draft this is going to be, but you look back on it now, and there were some mistakes in the top five. Oh, there's no doubt about it, and you know I think it speaks to, and it's something we all understand, but as the draft gets younger, there's just so many more variables. I mean, you know, the physical development, like a Chet Holmgren, you know, the mental aspect of it where, you know, like, like I, I still say, like, you know, Ben Simmons is maybe the best high school player I've ever seen. I'm not kidding when I say that. And it just, you know, he got a lot. First of all, he kind of got a pass for some stuff at LSU, gets to the NBA, sits out for a year. You know, he's kind of, I don't know what the right word is, baby, this, that, the other thing. But then all of a sudden you fast forward and, and obviously we know what happened with him over the last year. But so that's where, you know, I, I think that it's just impossible. And I, I don't envy these NBA GMs of trying to figure out, okay, who are the guys that are going to physically develop? Who are the guys that are mentally uh, capable of, of getting life-changing money and not having it become an issue? Which guys are comfortable playing in a small market like John Moran, who seems to thrive playing in Memphis? Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I know there's some trade rumors now, but obviously, um, you know, was a guy that seemed very comfortable in Utah when other guys wouldn't. And so it's a great point by you, Grant. By the way, if, if there's any Orlando Magic fans listening, maybe that's a positive that I said, I don't know that I, I love the top of this draft but maybe that says you know exactly what you just said is that it's so unpredictable that maybe Jabari Smith maybe uh Paulo Bancaro do turn into kind of franchise players so it is and I, I think it's for all the reasons we talk about you know guys come in younger they get life-changing money um and some of them it's going to be you know water off their back and they're not even going to think about it and then others it's, it's going to change who they are it's going to stunt their growth last one and I'll throw it back to you but like perfect example like I think Anthony Edwards like we all had like Anthony Edwards said before the draft that that basketball wasn't even his favorite sport football was and and we all tried to turn that into a red flag myself certainly included I'm sure there's some tweets you can find or audio or whatever and the guy's fantastic and so it's just crazy and you know well, like I said, this is the yep. year the Kings get it right, but it is crazy how unpredictable this stuff really ends up becoming. So it's very difficult to predict success and failure in the NBA draft. When I look at Paulo Bancaro, and I, I just I can't see him being a bust. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star. He certainly could be, but I can't see this guy in the NBA and not at least being good. Do you like him? I do. You know, I, I that's who I would take number one for Orlando. Um, now, I understand that, one, obviously, I have no say in what they do. Uh, and I, I think you, there's a very compelling argument that Jabari Smith, you know, Jabari Smith's upside is significantly better. And obviously, Paulo Bancaro, you can make the argument, or uh, excuse me, Chet, you can make the argument for as well. But with, with Paulo, what I would say is, you know, one thing that I really respect about him is that, you know, I remember seeing him after I think it was his sophomore year of high school. 
And I remember talking to his dad, you know, shortly, right. It was, it was in the middle of COVID actually. And that was after his junior year of high school. And his dad told me point blank, there's this belief that Paolo has kind of hit a ceiling as a player. And it was because he was really tall, really young. And he was kind of this low post player that was really good 10 feet in. And they really spent a lot of that COVID time working on the perimeter skill set, working on the ball handling, working on the jump shot. And, you know, he came out of COVID a completely different player. And so I'm with you as I understand that athletically, there's not as much there as some other prospects. Um, but one, he's got good bloodlines. His mom is an iconic, you know, women's basketball player. His dad played football at University of Washington. But then two, like the guy has completely changed his game. And so I know there's this kind of belief that, that you know, that there's significantly more upside with Chet, significantly more upside with Jabari Smith. I'm just not sold and I'm with you. If I'm betting on one guy that's just like, he's just going to be there and be really productive for a long time. It's Paolo Bancaro. Yeah. And I think he can be more, but I don't think, I, I don't think the floor, I think the floor is higher than a lot of these other guys. All right. Let's talk about Sacramento. Now, my opinion is I think they should use the pick and an existing, an existing player to get a sure thing. I mean, I don't think they can wait much longer. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006. They've had 16 Jeez. consecutive losing seasons, which are both M- NBA record. So if it were me, I would try to move the pick. But let's, for sake of conversation, assume that they are going to keep the pick. One thing I've learned in my decades of covering the NBA is do not take a player for need. Take the best available player. The first player ever taken for the Sacramento Kings back in 85 was Joe Klein. And the reason why they didn't take Carl Malone is because they had a very good power forward in Otis Thorpe. Then, hmm. a couple of years ago, the reason why they didn't take Luka Doncic is because they had De'Aaron Fox. They were giving him the keys to the car, and they did not feel that that was their biggest need and that it would work. Obviously, maybe the biggest mistake in the history of the franchise. Not maybe, it is. So, personally, I always like to take the best player available. Let's, for sake of argument, just say that Smith and Bancaro and uh, Chad Holmgren are going to be off the board. Let's just, for sake of argument, say those are going to be your top three. Who do you think is the next best player on the board? After that top three? Yep. So I, I do think it's Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Um, and I, it, you know, I said on my own show today, I, I, there's a lot to like. There is some to be concerned about where, where I think what's to like is obvious. It jumps off the page athletically. I mean, you know, I hate to make the comparison, but just athletically, he does have that John Morant burst, that John Morant spring in his, in, in his leaping ability. Um, and, and to me, I think he's right there, you know, athletically. And, and he's a guy that if he puts it all together, it's going to be really, really good. And to his credit, his three-point shot improved this year, all that good stuff. My only concern with him is that it did feel like at times this year, um, I don't know if he believed his own hype or, or whatever, but, you know, he was a guy that, that you'd kind of just see kind of standing in the corner while other guys are kind of dribbling at the top of the key. And it's like, you're by far the best player on the court right now. Go get the ball. Go go be a, an X factor. Go be a difference maker and go take over these games. And so that would be my only concern. But I also understand the intangibles that you can't pass up. Um, you know, by all accounts, good family. I think it's well known, but his mom's the, the head women's basketball coach at Notre Dame. So comes from basketball, been around basketball, loves basketball. Purdue kind of identified him early. Um, and I, you know, relatively speaking, the concerns are minor. 
that, that, you know, what I said does concern me a little bit, but I think he's, he's pretty clearly the fourth guy on the board as far as I'm concerned. Kind of boring, but it's, it's the truth. Yep. So. All right. How do you look at Shaden Sharp? You know, again, we don't have any action at Kentucky and, you know, number mm-hmm. one high school prospect coming into Kentucky and there's no chance he's going to stay. At, there's no chance, right? He's coming into the draft. Right? Would you say the chances, right? Uh, would it be minute? Because uh, I saw you put something on social media. I want to say on your Twitter page, either yesterday or the day before, you know, when you analyzed this how do you feel about him yeah well first of all you know he had a pro day in Chicago this week that by all accounts went really well for him but it was what he's he's supposed to do in a pro day that he wasn't playing one-on-one he wasn't playing five on five yeah I mean he looked super athletic and super skilled and that's exactly um you know what everybody already knew so to answer your question yeah I think it's pretty official at this point that that he's not coming back uh to school um I had heard probably about a month ago that the family was a little bit concerned is he really ready all that but I just can't see him falling based on all the buzz coming out of uh out of out of Chicago this week of him falling and to to say that you know like like none of us know i mean it's it's just so interesting is and first of all the 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 crazy part about it too grant is you know we all can watch the the youtube clips and everything like that and and all the 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 talent is there and all the athleticism is there and we saw he had like a 49 inch vertical leap last week whatever but what's crazy is not only did he not play like you can't even really get a straight story out of anybody as to what happened. Now mm-hmm. there were some adults behind the scenes, but you know, there was some rumors that, you know, Kentucky had some injuries late in the year and that he wanted to play and that the team wanted him to play and that the adults wouldn't, um, that, you know, that I, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of obviously unfortunate things that go on kind of at the grassroots high school, AAU, uh, co- even, you know, the, the, the college level in terms of maneuver, and all that stuff. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing that, that I've said pretty definitively from the beginning. As soon as he reclassified into this 20, as soon as he reclassified to get to college for 2022, I said he's going to figure out a way to get eligible for this NBA draft. Not he, but the adults in his corner. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So I, I don't think he's coming back, but I don't think it's it's easy to, to, to gauge who he is and what his capabilities are. I mean, obviously the athleticism speaks for itself. Um, you know, the motor has been called into question at times, but is that because he's just simply better than everybody else on the court, which does happen sometimes. I mean, I, you know, uh, DeAndre, and I mean, there's been so many guys through the years that I remember the motor being called into question, but they were just so much better than everybody else at the high school level. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's definitely going top 10. As I said, all the buzz out of Chicago this week has been nothing but positive. And it's a crazy story because I don't think anybody really knows what they're getting from him. I really don't think anybody does. A guy that I think is extremely intriguing for the Sacramento P- uh, Kings is uh, Keegan Murray. Uh, you know, you look at what he did uh, and what he can do in terms of stretching the floor, very versatile, uh, could be a real difference maker type of a player down the road in the NBA. He is, yeah. No, he's another great story of, of you know, toolsy whatever and just spent all last summer putting it all together there's a couple guys like that in this draft Johnny Davis is like that uh Jaden Ivey's like that and Keegan Murray's maybe the best example where you know it, it's ironic but for people who forget I mean two years ago two seasons ago Luca Garza was the national player of the year and Keegan Murray was kind of you saw him and you're like okay that kid's interesting and then he just turns into one of the best players in college basketball this year and, and as you said um you know I think he's a pretty good playmaker for a guy his size he could cer- certainly shoot the ball 
Um, and there were games, and, and the, the transition in the NBA is a lot different, and I'm not trying to say it'll happen at the NBA level, but, but you know, they put the ball in his hands, and he took over late, and he, he made plays even when everybody knew he was getting the ball and everybody knew that the, the you know, things were going to be called for him. So I'm really intrigued on him as an NBA prospect. Now, you know, the quick evolution, the quick development, is he going to be ready? Is he going to be overwhelmed? That part, I don't know. But you look at just the size and the skill set, they're really off the top of my head. You know, he's about six, seven, six, eight, whatever it is. I can't think of anybody quite like him at the top end of this draft with the skills that he has. And he's one I'm with you is like, I, I think he's probably a guy that even over the last couple of weeks, if as teams have dug deeper on him, I think they're liking him more and more. Is there a player in this draft that isn't sexy, is not going to get a lot of talk, that you look at and you go, man, I'm telling you, this kid is going to be a player in the NBA. Do you have one of those? Well, I don't think he's super far down the list, but Ben Matherin, Benedict Matherin from Arizona, um, I, I love him. And, you know, the thing is with him, he's another great example. You know, I remember talking to people over in Arizona at this time last year, uh, maybe not this time, maybe a little bit earlier, March, mid-March, and, and there was buzz, hey, this kid could seriously consider entering the NBA draft and he'd probably get drafted. And they just said, he knows he's not ready. He's not going anywhere. And then there was a coaching change and he still comes back, but it's not just that he came back. He came back as a different player. And so to me, you know, that level of maturity where, um, at 18 years old, you can go make money, help support your family. And he decides I'm not even going to test the waters. I'm not even going to consider this. Uh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do the work that I need to do in the off season. And so, you know, he's kind of that, you know, a little bit, undersized for a two he's not really a one he's about six five six six but he was just one where I, I just loved the maturity and the self-awareness to sit there and say like you know what I, I know I I know I might hear my name called and, and I'd make money but I know that I'm not ready and I just think in this world that we live in I don't think there's very many guys like that anymore and so he's the one that stands out I mean I think there's some other guys further on down that that could be good down the road Malachi Branham it's just you know he pops off the, the, the screen when you watch him, but I don't think he's anywhere close to being ready for this coming season. Max Christie, who just announced that he's going to keep his name in, is another guy as well. Uh, so those are the guys, but then really the guy that, to me, I just think uh, I understand why he's not in the top three, four conversation, but I think he's going to be really good, is Ben Matherin. Fantastic stuff as always. Uh, really enjoy it. And again, uh, you can check out uh, Aaron's podcast. Uh, it's outstanding. And what else to, can people, what's the best way for people to uh, find your work? Yeah, social media uh, at Aaron underscore Torres. And then I do some writing, uh, Aaron Torres online. That's kind of kind of my deal. Um, yeah, Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. But yeah, that's, that's the gist yeah. of it, man. The Aaron Torres podcast and uh, Twitter and all that good stuff. So. Well, I will make sure that I book you real early for the day after next year's uh, NBA lottery to go over where the Kings are, okay? Because I think well, they're going to be in it again. No, I was going to say, we're going to make that trade. We're going to package our guy with whoever. I don't know. You know, I'll tell you, I had no idea, Sabona. I'm so bad. Like, this is, right. I should be embarrassed to admit this, but 
I, you know, when I saw Sabonis on the podium last night, I was like, oh, I, I really had no idea that he was on the Sacramento Kings now. So they already got one piece, and now yep. they just got to go get another, and then, you know, we'll yep. make the playoffs next year. Slowly but surely. <laughs> I like the way you're saying where. You know, <laughs> we'll make the playoffs next year. Yeah. As, as if you're Mr. Sacramento King. I love that. That's great. You, make you know me. me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I and love me. it. You're great. Hey, buddy, uh, really, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, as always. Uh, really enjoy your insight. Uh, thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's now get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. All you need to do is go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I will answer your question on my next podcast. Let's start with Ben. He asked, were there any teams that I think made a mistake in the NFL draft? Ben, can I please answer that question in three years? Thank you very much. Alex, what's your take on Vivek making his daughter the assistant GM of the Stockton Kings? I think it's embarrassing. Christian asks, will the NFL be pressured to extend Deshaun Watson's suspension due to Trevor Bauer's suspension? Well, Deshaun Watson has not been suspended yet. That's number one. And number two, the leagues do work independently of one another. So I don't think what's going on with Trevor Bauer and Major League Baseball, Christian, will have any effect at all on Deshaun Watson. Jackson asks, who would you draft with each upcoming NBA lottery pick. Jackson, we don't have enough time for me to go through one through 14. I will tell you this. If I'm the Kings at number four, I'm trading that pick. If I'm the Kings, if I can get a deal, I'm trading the pick. Kyle asks, do you like the change of attire for NBA head coaches? Would you like to see coaches wear suits and ties in the 22-23 season? I would. I'm old-fashioned. I don't like the look that they have now. I do like the suits and ties. and uh, But, again, I'm old-fashioned. So, yes, I would like to see that happen. David asks, have you seen NBA owners have over $10 billion invested in Chinese ventures? Yes, Dave, I have. I've also noticed how quiet the NBA is when it ever comes to criticizing China. Have you noticed that, Dave? I wonder why. I wonder why. Jake asks, what is my favorite basketball movie? Hoosiers. Love that movie. That would be my favorite basketball movie. Blake wants to know, were you a fan of arena football? Blake, not only was I a fan of arena football, but I announced the San Jose Sabercats games, both on radio and TV, for about 15 years. So, yeah, I loved arena football. I thought it was a great game. And, uh, again, I did the Sabercats for quite a while, for a long, long time. Casey, Casey, rather, do you think Baker Mayfield will be playing for another team at the start of the season? Great question, Casey. I'm going to flip a coin because I think it's 50-50, and I'm going to say no because I think that Watson will be suspended, and I think Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback in week one for the Cleveland Browns. Trevor wants to know, how likely is it that Chet Holmgren is a bust? I think it's a lot more unlikely than likely. Now, it's going to take him a couple of years, Trevor, because he's got to fill out his frame. But bust? No, I think the guy's just too skilled uh, to be a bust. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. Alec wants to know, where is a good landing spot for Anthony Davis 
if the Lakers were to trade him? That's a fabulous question. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want Anthony Davis. Uh, the guy makes a ton of money, and he's hurt all the time. Be very interesting, Alex. That's a good question. I, I don't know, that, but that's a very good question. Rich wants to know, will John Rondo play in the NBA again? You know, the allegations against him uh, with his domestic violence and uh, alleged child abuse is extremely serious, extremely serious. So I- I'm going to table that until we get more information and hear from the authorities and what have you. I'm going to sit back and wait for this to uh, play out. Now, as far as his uh, basketball ability, mm, probably could play another year or two, uh, but certainly he's on the backside of the mountain. No question about that. Always great to get the questions from you on crowdultra.com. I greatly appreciate it. And again, if you go to crowdultra.com, maybe I'll answer your question on next week's podcast. It's time for Brent, Brent, Brent. The boo of the week goes to TNT. First of all, I don't understand these network executives that think it's a good idea to do a live show with tons of people around. It's asinine. It's stupid. Uh, and it's, the, it's the worst TV in the world, all right? And what happens when you want to have a pregame or a halftime or a postgame, whatever the case may be, with fans that have been drinking, that are loud and are obnoxious, you're going to have some problems. And we saw it the other night on TNT. That's number one. Number two. Anyone that's listened to me knows my affection for Charles Barkley. I love the guy. As a matter of fact, he was my first ever guest right here on If You Don't Like That back in October of 2020. I love the guy, all right? But you cannot do what Charles did in terms of responding to a heckling fan. You can't do it, all right? He said, quote, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to come over to your house and F your mama. Yeah, you, you, you can't do that, all right? That, that's a bad look for Charles. It's a bad look for TNT. All right? It's it's terrible. It's not funny. Uh it's it's actually just it's awful. All right? It, it really is. There's a difference between humor and crossing a line. And Charles crossed the line there. All right? They crossed the line. But TNT to me deserves what they get here. Stupidity. Absolutely stupid decision to have your show outside where all the fans are. Makes absolutely zero sense. Bad move by TNT, and they are my boo of the week. That's today's podcast. Hope you have yourself a fabulous weekend. Really appreciate you for joining us right here, my guest, Aaron Torres, and we'll talk to you next week. Be safe, enjoy the weekend, and thank you so much. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.